unscripted premium Hi again, folks, and welcome to our favorite episode of the week, our edition, our edition of Freeform Friday on this 293rd episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke. And uh, again, this is uh, this is a special time of the week. I enjoy this one the most. Um, Chris, oh, I don't know how many weeks ago now, it's been about a month or so, um, instituted something that I've really enjoyed and... Um, it has included uh, people that leave comments on our Twitter page, our unscripted Twitter page. And uh, Chris goes through this stuff and, and finds funny things, sad things, disgusting things, intriguing things, whatever uh, floats his boat. He finds these things on our unscripted Twitter page. And it's really easy to get to this. You can see where Chris is getting these comments from, just triple dub, uh, twitter.com slash unscripted mc that'll take you right to our uh, unscripted mc mike and chris uh twitter page chris finds these things reads them out we have a couple of comments little banter back and forth and we move on but uh it's certainly not rocket science it's just supposed to be kind of the end of the week let her hang out and uh, it has been a lot of fun and i think the response has been good and this is special because it's different than what we do during the regular work week. And this is special to the people that have been supportive of Unscripted with Mike and Chris and have been supportive of us since pretty much the very beginning. And this is kind of our way of saying thank you. So having said all that, I hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke. Thank you, Mike. I just wanted to start with a tweet from Dave Rubin. I really like Dave Rubin. He's, uh, you know, really built a name for himself at Ruben Report. So what he does is he just does, a, he has a, like a podcast, he does interviews with uh, people. And now he and Jordan Peterson, the great Canadian intellectual, are looking at starting a Patreon alternative. They are, yeah, they are, tomorrow is their last day on Patreon. They announced they're leaving Patreon uh, January 15th because they're upset that Patreon banned a uh, guy who's known as Sargon of Akkad, the real name Carl Benjamin. They banned him for some words he used, not even on Patreon, just in his personal life. Really? And people were really upset, including these two. So they're leaving Patreon. So uh, they, they're they so upset there. And this is like a big part of their income. Like Patreon for Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson is a significant portion of their income. So it's uh, it's a big deal. They're really putting their money where their mouth is. And they don't even have an alternative ready to go yet, but they hope to soon. And so uh, no matter what else we do, we will have a presence on that site. I'll be very excited for that. So that's big news uh, coming up for sure. And um, yeah, so there will be more details on that coming. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have something. When fun more details of... become available, we will make them available to you. Exactly. So really, really excited about that. That's going to be a really, really cool thing in 2019. But anyway, so Dave Rubin here was responding to another tweet. And this, this tweet was a news story. So the, the, the original tweet that was from someone else from a news organization or something was, police were called to a Texas Walmart after a woman was reportedly drinking wine from a Pringles can and riding an electric cart in the parking lot. Oh, God. And his response was, Hillary Clinton's fall from grace has been shocking. <laughs> <laughs> wine from a Pringles can. I love that. <laughs> 
What's that? Wine from how, a... how do you even get to that point? That's worse. That's worse than Jack and Uncle Sh- and uh, Sharon and Uncle Richie across the street that drink that bottled, you know, that that boxed the wine. Boxed wine, yeah. And they yeah. sit there in the refrigerator. Oh, we're not drinking, and they go back nine times over the course of dinner. Oh my God, wine from a Pringles can. Oh my God, that is classic. <laughs> I don't have anything to respond. I mean, I just that's just funny. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the fall Any... of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, report. Chicago... Okay, this is Deadspin at Deadspin. Report. Chicago Bulls give Jim Boylan an extension and a raise during a six-game losing streak? You know, um, <clears throat> uh, growing up, um, I watched a lot of Chicago Bulls basketball games with guys like Norm Van Leer... Jerry Sloan, the old Utah Jazz coach, um, Chet Walker, Bob Love, and the center of that starting fine was a guy by the name of Tom Borwinkle. Um, I've watched a lot of Chicago Bulls basketball, and they were shitty for years. Then a guy named Jordan comes along, and they just they they ruled basketball for better part of a decade and a half. I don't know what the hell is going on now with the Chicago basketball team. Um, John Paxson is the vice president of basketball operations. He's got a general manager by the name of Gar Foreman. You knew you knew earlier this year that they basically put uh, uh, Jabari Parker on the bench. They were the idiots that gave him a, a two-year, $40 million deal, but now they're sitting him. Because they should have known that Jabari Parker doesn't play defense. He didn't at Duke. He didn't in Milwaukee. And now in Chicago, they give him the contract and they expect him to play defense. How do you how do you train somebody that has worked with Mike Shashevsky? If the guy doesn't know how to play defense, he ain't gonna play defense. Um, and now that their their center is a guy by the name of Robin Lopez, who they're doing basically the same thing to him, but uh, supposedly rumor has it that the Golden State Warriors would like to if the Bulls cut ties with Robin Lopez as they continue tanking down the standings. The Warriors would like to potentially bring Robin Lopez in uh, to be a backup to Boogie Cousins. Well, Chicago isn't releasing Robin Lopez from his contract either. I don't understand what's going on in Chicago. If you're officially tanking, then let these guys go and sit on somebody else's bench, and maybe they can take some of the financial burden of these guys on your bench if you're not going to play them but you're still paying them well then why don't you get rid of them so at least you don't have to pay them there is something wrong with chicago and the funny thing is folks even when at the greatest at the greatest time in bulls history when michael jordan was running the show with scotty pippen and horace grant and the rest of them they had a general manager there at that time that was by the name of jerry kraus and they couldn't stand jerry kraus either but kraus was smart enough to, to make a, a, a draft day trade to get Scottie Pippen and team him with Michael Jordan, and they had an unbelievable run for, like I said, a decade and a half. But I don't know what's going on in Chicago. And Chicago, you know, you, you hear me talk a lot about marquee franchises. And when marquee franchises are playing well, that league that they're representing is always better when your marquee teams are playing better. And as the third biggest city or second biggest, depending on what you believe, the Chicago Bulls need to be one of those marquee franchises of the NBA moving forward. Yeah, I agree. They really need to uh, do better, and I'm not sure if this move accomplishes that. Anyway, 
Uh, Todd Furman at Todd Furman uh, has MLB win totals via at Caesars ENT, which of course is uh, the company that owns uh, Caesars Palace and a bunch of other properties. Mm -hmm. So uh, they list every single one. I just want to focus on the first and last. So who do you think, which uh, major league team is expected to win the most games next year with an over-under of 97.5? Well, it's either got to be the Yankees or the Red Sox. No, Yankees are second with 96.5, Boston 95.5 at third. So somebody else is number one. Um, Yankees second, Boston third. Somebody number else, number one. It can't be the Cubs. No, they are sixth with uh, 89. Dodgers? Dodgers are fourth with 95. Mm, I don't know. The Houston Astros, oh. ninety-seven and a half. Yeah. Anyway, sure here's I wanted. Yeah, to, I, that, that's a legit. Yeah, that's that, legit. That's legit. Yeah. Now I wanted to look at last. So second last, yep. like, second last is sixty-five and a half. Yeah. Dead last is fifty-nine. So Bald- one team Baltimore is Baltimore Orioles. Yes, that's correct. I didn't know that they were so. Oh, they just gave away their team. Basically, they. Well, last year they only won fifty-six yeah, games all they, year. They were fifty-six and one hundred six, and they gave away any good player they and had. They, they basically pulled a Derek Jeter in Miami. Right. Basically. They they gave they gave their second baseman away to Milwaukee. Jonathan Scope. They gave away Machado to the Dodgers. Um, the only guys that they couldn't get away, uh, couldn't get rid of, were guys that nobody wanted. One of them was the first baseman, Chris Davis, who they owe twenty three million dollars a year, and he bats, you know, under two hundred. So uh, Baltimore's in a lot of trouble, and they'll be pressed to win fifty nine games this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, God at the tweet of God. If ignorance is bliss, why is everyone so unhappy? <laughs> why is everybody so unhappy? Um, there's a lot of things going on in 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 the world. I think that uh, that scare people more than anything, and and that's why a lot of people are are worried about their financial futures. They're worried about uh, their kids and what they're going to do. What are what are we going to do? Um, you know, as you see more technology becoming more and more of our a part of our life, and older people like myself that struggle sometimes with uh you know i uh, technology and it stuff i'm getting better um uh, i know that in this class that i'm taking my it skills are not the worst if you can believe that um but there's a lot of uncertainty right now um our leaders are not giving us a lot to look forward to and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of when a lot of people are uncertain about their future there's a lot of worrisome there's a lot of of people that are just stressed and um i know because i'm kind of there most of the time too so um this is a tough time we uh i think we need better leadership and um hopefully we have some elections especially here in western canada we have some we have some uh elections coming up that hopefully will rectify some of the mistakes that have been made in the past and that's as far as i'll go with that that'd be great okay tom pelicero at tom pelicero with the Jets job off the table, Mike McCarthy told me he's sitting out this season and his wife and kids started cheering at dinner when he told them. Family excited about dad at home for 2019. That's all that matters, as we both know. He'll prepare and be ready for 2020. Okay, I want to first admit, or admit, I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I do want to say that I personally know Tom Pelissero. Uh Tom Pelissero used to be on the Packers beat. Um, he went on from the Packers uh, to Minneapolis to cover the Vikings, and now he's uh, writing very successfully for the NFL Network, and he's now a correspondent. And I've known Tom for about 15, 20 years, and uh, he's a fine young man and a very good reporter. So when you read information 
going forward from Tom Pelissero, uh, take it as, as pretty reputable because he's got good sources. Um, he's very diligent in what he does and, uh, I have great respect for him. So, um, if you see things down the line in the future in the NFL in regard to Tom Pelissero, take it as it's 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 honorable because he is he kind of reminds me of a younger, if you will, Elliot Friedman. He is that. Oh wow! He is. I give him that much uh, that much praise because you know that I like and and respect Elliot Friedman a lot for his knowledge and his infi- inside information, which is usually like ninety nine point nine percent accurate. This guy, I feel, is is uh, is is a younger version of Elliot Friedman. He is very very good. Um, what happened with McCarthy in New York was simply this: McCarthy interviewed first the Christopher Johnson, which is the owner's son. He is now the CEO, while Mister Johnson is over playing ambassador to Britain or whatever the hell he's doing overseas. Woody Johnson, I'm talking about. His son, Christopher, is now the acting CEO of the New York Jets football team. His interview with McCarthy supposedly went unbelievably well. Now, you remember during this whole process, it was about a week ago where where McCarthy came out and said, I'm only concentrating on the New York Jets because there was a belief at that time that the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Browns wanted to talk to McCarthy, and McCarthy had, I think, stupidly put all his eggs in the New York basket. Ultimately, what I have heard, and I've heard this from multiple sources in Green Bay, was that the problem with Green with uh, McCarthy's interview in New York and why McCarthy is not the coach of the Green Bay or the uh, New York Jets right now is that McCarthy wanted too much control in regard to bringing on his own staff. The Jets had an idea of who they wanted to fill these roles uh, on, uh, you know, on former coaches, Todd Bowles, the staff. So you're talking O coordinator, D coordinator, and all the different position coaches. McCarthy wanted a little bit too much input, which I think is bullshit for the New York Jets too. Because if you're going for a guy, say what you will about McCarthy and what happened in Green Bay, he did have eight, nine, ten good years. His last three have been not good. I know that, but. He did have some good years in Green Bay. And even as he leaves, he leaves winning over 63% of his games in Green Bay and leaves as the second all-time winningest coach in Green Bay history. And the first is not Vince Lombardi. The first goes back to Curly Lambeau. McCarthy has more wins in Green Bay than, than Coach Lombardi did. So we can say all that we want, and it got stale, and it got stagnant, and all this other stuff, and Rodgers and him couldn't get along. Bottom line is that he did have some good times in Green Bay. The problem, though, ultimately became he wanted to bring in his own staff. And realistically, if you're getting paid $8 million next year by the Green Bay Packers not to coach, you might as well go in and shoot for the moon. And if you want all your guys as your offensive staff or your defensive staff, if that's not your prerogative, then maybe it's better he's not the coach of the New York Jets. I still predict that when he comes back, if he gets another job, uh, unless he has a great quarterback, I predict he's going to not do too well. That's, I'm well, just going to go with and that. I, I agree with you. He needs to update. He needs to update his update. He needs to update his philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs to take a page from a coach that's still working this year. And what I mean by that is Sean Payton. Remember a couple of episodes, up, episodes ago, we talked about when McCarthy and Payton yeah, were the final two choices now. 13 years ago to be the next wow. coach after the Packers dumped Mike Sherman. And... I think the player of the game on Sunday for the new for the New Orleans Saints was one Sean Payton. 
Sean Payton took a hell of a chance uh, going for a fake punt on his own 30-yard line. That shows me a coach that not only has balls of the size of Texas, but he also has his players back. Because if that doesn't go like it did, and they don't get that one yard, it looks pretty stupid. I think Sean Payton has has acclimated himself to an, a younger and a new and improved NFL. And I think in this down year, that's something McCarthy's going to have to work on as well if he wants to get back in the game in 2020 or whenever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. ESPN at ESPN. Fans in Chicago took a swing at making the same 43-yard field goal Cody Parkey missed. They went 0 for 101. Yeah. The Bears are pissed off about that, too. I saw head coach uh, Matt Nagy was not real happy that this guy... It's the belief in Chicago that this guy should still be in mourning because of of what happened. Um, Ultimately, we know that the field goal got blocked, but still it was a shitty kick. Um, I was happy because Chicago's out of the playoffs, but um, I think the coach is making a bit, uh, he's making a bit too much. And I know he's sending a point because his point is we as a team lost because of one individual, but the Chicago Bears lost, not this kicker. Um, I, you know what? It's their off season now. They've been in mourning. It's been a week. Um, I think that's a bit much, but I understand where Coach Nagy's coming from. It's that it's us versus the world mentality, and it looks like somebody's jumping ship when the cook, kicker goes and and uh, does a television interview in the morning, and uh, le, uh, you know, and this is going on in the streets. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to show you a video here. Oh, they here. Let's do it again here. I, I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize what this is. It's the Bradley Center in yeah, downtown yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, there it is. Bradley Center in super slow motion. There it goes. Okay. This building was 31 years old. This is the original Milwaukee Arena in downtown Milwaukee when the Bucks first moved. And it outlived the Bradley and Center. And it outlived the Bradley Center. The University of Milwaukee Panthers now, that's now called UW-Milwaukee or UW-Panther Arena. Why didn't they keep the newer one? I don't know. This is the new one. This is Pfizer Forum right here. That's the new oh, 600 a, million. Never, they're three in a row. Three in a row, yeah. <laughs> That's I've never seen that Racine before. Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. That's the first arena in Milwaukee where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson played back in the 70s. This is the one that replaced that. It's been in, in operation for 31 years, and this is the new one now. Hmm. That, I've never seen that before, three properties in a row. Three properties on the, on the in same a row, street. and that will be used now as an additional parking for the new forum. Oh, f- yeah, forum I guess, five, Whatever oh, I guess the hell they call it, sense. Pfizer Forum in downtown Milwaukee. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Moving on. Um, let's see. Uh, Darren Novell at Darren Novell. If Roger Goodell needs an explanation as to why the NFL should embrace gambling, just show him this game. Chargers Patriots. Right. Betting on the total, the second half, and or the spread is the only reason why a non-Chargers Patriots fan would watch after halftime. And I, I want to say, I've said for a long time, other than if you're watching for your favorite team, which those people are going to watch no matter what, yeah. um, there's no reason to watch unless you're gambling or playing fantasy football, and I just, I don't know that, other than you have nothing to do, you're stuck somewhere or something, I just don't think most people just are super into games that don't involve their favorite team, and they don't have any money in the game, and they're not playing fantasy football. Nobody's sitting around, certainly not morning till night, watching, you know, every game. Uh, Never mind just one game. It's crazy. They need to update their outdated policies with gambling, especially now that it's legal. 
Well, and they're going to have to, especially if these professional sports leagues get these little kiosks or whatever where you can place a bet right at, as an example, at Rogers Place in Edmonton or at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. If you can physically place a bet in the stadium and the day that you're there, that will add a lot. And I think there's this and there's a lot of other topics that Jane Goodell's husband has got to figure out. Um, I don't... The ratings are up this year, and I think that has a lot to do with the the great players that we have in this league now. But I still, my friend, I still don't believe that the NFL is being run by the right person. Well, that's for sure. Okay, the Onion at the Onion. Nation's idiots announce plans to jump off the roofs into a pile of snow and break their fucking legs. <laughs> well, if they do it, I'd like to see it. Yeah, that, that's too. really all I have to say about that. Um, you know... It's kind of silly, but uh, I'd certainly watch it for damn sure. Probably have a good laugh over it, too. Okay, let's try something else in the Onion Report. Majority of UFO abductions committed by alien that person knows. Um, that sounds like Christmas at the Kardashians to me. <laughs> okay, World Wildlife Fund quickly backtracks after announcing panda ears are delicious. Now, this is the group, correct me if I'm wrong, that took back WWF yeah, from the WWF. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I haven't looked at this in so, uh, in, in so many years, but essentially the World Wrestling Federation, as it was known at the time, right. and the World Wildlife Fund, right. uh, around, I think it was 93 or 94, they basically made a deal, and this is right before the internet got big, so they basically made a deal where, you know, essentially I think the you know WWF got it, uh, the the wrestling organization got it certain places or in certain media or something. They had some sort of agreement. But yeah. then when the internet got big, it sort of made it uh, moot. So they ended up having a deal. And I don't know. I, I don't know how hard Vince fought to uh, maintain the WWF name. I think he wanted to get entertainment in there and he wanted it to be sports entertainment. And in he always... The, the legal battle would have probably cost him... Well, but he wouldn't have been scared of that. He had so much money. Yeah, that's it's not, true. That's he true. would have had more money than the World Wildlife Fund, I would well, imagine. For sure, for sure. Probably a lot more. So uh, it's not that, but I think he I think he wasn't too concerned about it, and I think he wanted to kind of rebrand, and he was always he always wanted to be this big entertainment juggernaut, and with the recent deals they signed for Raw and SmackDown, uh, yeah. you know, they're getting insane money now, and they've become this mainstream kind of television show more mm-hmm. than a traditional wrestling organization, and he always bristled at the whole wrestling thing he doesn't want to be wrestling you know first of all he mean he's from the north he's new york right. he's the new right. york territory connecticut yeah yeah he didn't like the whole especially the southern like wrestling thing and think that that's what you are he didn't like that so i don't think he fought that hard for that but yeah this is the world wildlife fund who did get full use of the wwf name and uh, i still i still miss it being the federation i don't like world wrestling entertainment that's that's a terrible name. I don't like it. But anyway, yeah, this is this would be good at Panda Ears would be good at Panda Express. Like I always feel like when you go to Panda Express, you should be able to eat panda. Well, for sure. But my question to you would be simply this, because we have heard for most of our adult lives that everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah. I've had frog legs taste like chicken. I wonder what panda ears taste like. Chicken. I guess you have to say that. Eh? <laughs> chicken. I had rattlesnake at a fondue restaurant, the Grizzly House. In yeah. yeah, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, of course. I've had octopus. Didn't taste like chicken. No? Actually, no, it didn't. Actually, Martina had some octopus today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I, I'm not a big fan of octopus, I have to say. No. Anyway, uh, for the win at For the Win, Kyler Murray's Uncle Calvin was the batter when Randy Johnson demolished that bird. 
Yeah, uh, his his uncle was a was a serviceable major leaguer, and um, I'm interested to see which way this plays out. Um, we talked in an earlier episode this week of Unscripted about what we thought about uh, Kyler Murray and his draft prospects as he made himself available for the NFL's uh, uh, collegiate draft at the end of April. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think personally, uh, I agree with you that I think that it would probably longevity to his career, at least would be better served in baseball. Uh, but after the year he had with the football, I think it would be pretty difficult to tell a competitor that he couldn't try. And I think that's probably the thing that's driving him more than anything. Um, and you know, as I said, in the story that I read that, he uh, had a discussion with Billy Bean, the head of the Oakland A's baseball organization, the other day. And supposedly during that conversation, he said to Billy Bean, you guarantee me $15 million and I'll put football on the back burner. Well, that didn't happen. And <laughs> now at the end of April, Kyler Murray will get drafted. Now it'll be interesting to see where. Yeah, I'm guess I'm going to guess second round. But anyway, that's my guess. Uh, I'm going to combo two uh, tweets here together. Adam Schefter at Adam Schefter says Bears won't rule out pursuing former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. Yep. And I'm going to combo that with this tweet here, which is from uh, The Onion. Should the NFL offer to reinstate Kareem Hunt if he promises to play extra hard? No, um, he has to go through extensive rehabilitation and counseling. And at that time, you can't deny a man uh, the opportunity to provide for his family. But as I've said on previous editions of Unscripted, I believe that that time should come in around 2020. Um, Kareem Hunt is so damn talented that somebody is going to take a shot at him. I am quite surprised, though, that it was the Bears that came out and said that they would be, uh, they wouldn't be scared off because you know the Bears are still run by the McCluskey, McCluskey family, very conservative. Um, and I'm surprised that it was them. I thought it would be somebody like a Daniel Schneider or a Jerry Jones <laughs> yeah. or some, you know, fly off the handle idiot like that. Uh, I was, I was just knowing the bears and knowing how conservative they are. Uh, I was surprised it was the bears that came out and said that, but you know, uh, when you lose after winning your division championship and you lose in your first playoff game, they're looking for answers to take that next step. And Kareem Hunt could certainly help them. But I don't think Hunt should be able to get into the league until he's gone through league-mandated uh, rehabilitation, counseling, whatever you want to call it, because this is a serious thing that he did, and I don't think that we should, with open arms, uh, until at least 2020, I don't think he should be able to play in the NFL. Okay, 75% of party trolley defaulting on student loans. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, that was a, a huge thing with, uh, all oh, those student loans, especially during the second Bush administration down in the stand with Sally May and oh, what's the other no, one? Fannie Mae and Fannie Freddie Mac. That's it. That's yeah, it. Fannie Mae and it. Freddie Mac. Yeah. But they're student loans. And, and, uh, I remember that and, and, uh, you know, it's tough, you know, this is some of the naivety, I believe of our youth today that I know that I have nephews. Thankfully, they don't have a lot of student loans because my brother-in-laws have done very well and my brother has done very well. Um, but there's, they don't realize this, but 
you tell them that they don't have to start paying back their student loan until six months after graduation, <laughs> they don't realize how quick that's, six months that's is. Quick. That's 180 days. Yeah. It's 180 sleeps. That goes freaking quick. And you're expected to start paying off your student loan within six months of your you know, your graduation from university or post-secondary, whatever you used uh, or helped you get to, to acquire that diploma or that, de- de- that degree. But they have no idea, this next generation, how fast 180 days goes. And it'll be upon them faster than they can say, I am in trouble or call mom and dad or whatever it is. Um, please, if you have to, and most of us do, that have, and I, I was paying off student loans until I was a number of years finally out of school. But I paid mine all off. But let me tell you, folks, Pay them off as soon as you can. Beg, borrow, and steal if you have to because the interest rates on those student loans are astronomical. And you know what? Every day they keep adding to your balance. So if you don't pay by a certain time on Monday, you'll get hit by on Tuesday with another interest charge. Make sure that you take every effort that you can. And please, I, I if you don't listen to anything that I say out there, future college graduates... Please make every effort that you can to keep those people in the loop. If there's something going on in regard to uh, you've lost your job or you've lost your income, your parents are dead, who knows? Uh, I'm being a bit extreme here, but I had a problem years ago with a student loan and I called them and told them, this is my situation. Um, I don't have parents to resource. So, you know, can we... I'll pay a little penalty, but allow me on a payment plan that is more suitable. We worked it out. Keep them in the loop. If you keep them in the loop, they will work with you. Because really, if they don't, what are you going to do? You're not going to pay. And then how do they, you know, I know they could garner your wages, but if you don't have a job, you're garnering nothing, right? So work with them. That's my suggestion to you. Work with them if you're having a problem, because if you get behind on student loans, folks, it can be disastrous. Absolutely. Okay, last one of the night. Always end uh, with an onion one. Tinder announces app will no longer match users solely with distant relatives. <laughs> if that was a real headline, can you imagine the, oh, the panic? Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, I, I love the onion. I get a good laugh from them, and I always they are consistently funny, and, and that's what I appreciate the most, no question. Um, we've got to run on this 293rd episode of Unscripted, another free form Friday in the books for our Patreon, our golden, our green and gold club members on Patreon. And I got to tell the boss while he's sitting there, if we have another six, nine and one season next year, we got to change the green and gold to something else, <laughs> maybe orange and blue, yeah, yeah. uh, whatever, but well, maybe they should get their shit together too. Yeah, but yeah. If the green and gold have another six, nine and one season next year, we're changing it to aqua and something else because... I can't do Miami. We'll have to come up with something, but um, we have a lot of fun. And this Freeform Friday is for our special people that, again, I don't want to sound redundant and repetitive and all that other stuff, but Ryan and Greg and people like that have been instrumental to get us to damn near, we're on the doorstep of 300 episodes, and they've been with us through the thick and the thin, and that's why we do Freeform Friday. One of the really good things that Chris, and Chris has done a lot, but one of the really good things he has done is differentiate the Friday edition you know, and, and make it 
something special for the people that have been special to Unscripted. And so I appreciate it, and I hope that Greg and Ryan and the rest of them do as well. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. Um, I have no notes in front of me. It's kind of nice just to sit back and, and speak about things that sometimes I have no clue about. And please, let's not get nasty and say I don't have a clue on a lot of things. But you wouldn't you wouldn't be all wrong. But again, this is for our our uh, Patreon club members that have been with us from the beginning. They comment to us. They let us know when we screw up. They let us know when we do something right. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of those people. And uh, that's why, to me, Freeform Friday is a very special edition of this week's, of any week's uh, broadcast of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. And it's with a lot of respect and a lot of admiration that we continue to do it. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.